from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. You've tuned WIA and the National News Service. This broadcast for week commencing December 11, 2016. An earthquake in Indonesia. A 6.5 magnitude earthquake has struck an area of Aceh province, Indonesia, claiming dozens of lives and causing widespread damage. Dozens of houses and shops were destroyed, trapping many people after the quake Wednesday morning. The chief of Arare, Aceh province, YB6 Alpha Alpha, confirmed that radio amateurs were in the field to support the disaster communications to help injured people. Jim Linton, VK3PC Chairman, IARU Region 3 Disaster Communications Committee, told VK1WIA National News that Arari members in Ashe and Medan North Sumatra are working on 7.110 MHz and also local 2-metre FM VHF frequencies. A request has been made to keep those frequencies clear for emergency traffic, particularly 7.110 MHz. ACMA investigates serious interference. The Australian Communications and Media Authority has found that well over half of all reception problems reported are caused by deficiencies in receivers, inadequate or faulty antenna installations or attempts to receive distant broadcasting services. The ACMA has also found that in less than 1% of cases involving amateur radio, the apparatus license station was the cause. Many interference complaints investigated could be resolved by the viewer or listener themselves or with the help of a service technician. The ACMA has a booklet available designed as a self-help guide to resolve reception problems in a home. It provides illustrations and descriptions that will help identify the most likely cause of the interference and suggests appropriate steps to remedy the problem. Canberra, Darwin, Hobart. These will be the next in line for permanent DAB Plus digital radio services. Chief Executive Officer of the industry body Commercial Radio Australia, Joan Warner, said commercial broadcasters were working closely with the ABC and SBS on the regional rollout plans. We've been aware for some time that local listeners in regional areas are extremely keen to have the DAB Plus services introduced and we're working closely with the public broadcasters to make this happen, she said. Digital Radio was launched in Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, Adelaide and Perth in 2009. The technology offers better sound than AM-FM analogue services and additional features such as extra stations, images and live text. For example, in Brisbane there are something like 57 radio stations operating on DAB+, free to air. Commercial broadcasters Capital Radio and Canberra FM have been running trial digital radio services in Canberra and Grant broadcasters have also been on air in Darwin on a trial basis. DAB Plus enables broadcasters to launch many pop-up stations. These, particularly over Christmas, will provide Christmas music and they're also able to provide 24-7 emergency services bulletins in times of fire or flood. Another prominent shortwave broadcasters is Going Dark. The Shortwave Listening Post blog reports Radio Australia has announced it will cease its shortwave transmissions on January 31. The station, popular with shortwave listeners, broadcasts in the 31, 25, 19 and 16 metre bands. The move is in line with the national broadcaster's commitment to dispense with outdated technology and to expand its digital content offerings. Radio Australia programming will remain available via streaming, satellite and other media. A licensing agreement between Australia's CSIRO and a Chinese solar company 
will result in millions of dollars in royalties. Beijing-based Thermal Focus, using the Australian design technology, will bid for business in the growing Chinese market for concentrated solar power. The technology has mirrors to focus the sun's energy, then that is stored in molten nitrate salts to generate superheated steam to drive electric turbines for weeks on end. China aims to build infrastructures for 1.4 gigawatts of concentrated solar power by 2018, increasing this to 5 gigawatts by 2020. This is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with a final reminder about submitting logs for the spring VHF-UHF field day. The deadline for submitting logs is midnight tomorrow night, Monday, 12th December. Get that log uploaded. You know you want to. Pour yourself a beverage, a big one if you wish. Clear a space on the desk, the shack bench or the dining room table. Fire up the laptop or the PC. Open your logging program. It is VKCL, isn't it? Take those sheets of paper from the field day and plough through all the contacts, entering them one by one. Recall those warm, fuzzy feelings at working familiar operators and in catching that DX station that popped up unexpectedly. Bask in memories of the fun you had. If you planned an operational strategy before the event, now's the time you'll see if it paid off. Or not. Hey, even a single contact where you exchange serial numbers is worth the effort. You've nothing to lose. You never know, you might pick up a Most Improved Operator Award after the next contest. Okay, just kidding. We don't have one of those awards for now. As for all you home station operators out there that hung on for 10 field day contacts before being called for afternoon tea and never got back to the rig, your logs are wanted too. I make a special plea to those operators who, year in, year out, go mountain topping with a bunch of transverters for different bands, all homebrew of course, yet steadfastly omit preparing and sending in a log, even though they diligently keep track of contact serial numbers. This phenomenon is known as steadfastest Rex complex. There's evidence of their participation in the contest spread throughout plenty of other operators' logs, but no direct evidence in the guise of a log from them. Paleontologists describe a phenomenon observed in fossils, where some predatory dinosaur leaves evidence of its existence in the form of fossilised footprints in rock strata and claw and jaw marks on their fossilised prey, but no fossilised skeleton of them is found and nobody knows for sure what they look like. So, how about it, Rex? Will you reveal yourself by submitting a log this year? Enough begging and pleading. The deadline, again, is midnight tomorrow night, Monday, 12th December. Season's greeting to you listeners and best wishes for the new year and the Rothhold contest. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This has been WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1 WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. November 29 was an historic day for the South African Radio League. After many years of discussions with their independent communications authority, a memorandum of understanding was signed. 
The MOU establishes the manner in which the authority and the SARL will interact with each other to enable them, as an example, to coordinate and harmonise the issuing of amateur radio frequency spectrum licences in South Africa to establish a framework to conduct the radio amateur examination and to coordinate activities with respect to matters of common interest. Testing of the 5G standard by US telcos Verizon and AT&T has begun with the rollout of the latest iteration of wireless signal likely to be a commercial reality by 2020. As the name suggests, it will be the fifth generation of wireless signal and along with it will come many features, the best thing being speed. How will this affect electronics? In many ways. Worldwide, there is an estimated 6 billion devices connected to wireless technology. By 2020, the number is set to more than triple to almost 21 billion. Until recently, the majority of wireless devices were smartphones, tablets, televisions and laptops. However, with home automation sales also set to increase by up to $28 billion by 2020, there is plenty of scope for our producers of electronics componentry. Some products that will be taking advantage of 5G super speed include cars, door locks, home appliances, security cameras, gaming consoles, drones, wearables and even things such as dog collars and virtual reality devices. Now the electronics components industry has a chance to jump on what could be a lucrative bandwagon. We learn from VK7WI News that Hitachi has developed a lensless camera. And no, we're not talking of the school project cardboard box pinhole camera. Hitachi has developed a camera technology which allows video imagery to be recorded without a lens... What's more, the imagery can be focused after recording. All this is made possible by a film printed with a pattern of concentric circles. The new technology enables cameras which are lighter and thinner because they do not need a lens, and it makes it easier to mount cameras anywhere desired on various devices. An ability to focus on specific objects in the image after recording makes this technology suitable for a wide range of applications including task assistance, driverless vehicles, and analysis of human behaviour with phones, vehicles and robots. A new book on SDR for amateur radio operators, shortwave listeners, and anyone interested in radio as a hobby is not a textbook. It is written in an easy-to-read conversational style. The book, at 308 pages, is a lot bigger than some other books on software-defined radio, and this time it is available in print or from Kindle for most e-readers. It includes sections on how different types of software-defined radios work, the advantages of using them, and how they are tested. It also covers future trends including the development of direct Fourier conversion. There is a big section with tips for power SDR users and sections about other commonly used SDR software plus a comparison of the basic specifications of 65 different SDR receivers and transceivers. Please check it out at the link we like, shown in the text edition on wia.org.au. A super idea by the ARRL. I wonder how many VKers have thought about donating a hefty monetary amount from their superannuation fund direct to our WIA. Well, in the US, amateurs can contribute to the ARRL from their individual retirement accounts, IRA. The US federal government has now made permanent 
the ability for those aged 70 and a half or older to contribute up to $100,000 a year from an IRA directly to qualifying charities without having first to declare the donation as income. Depending on personal tax situations, donating directly from IRA to ARRL could have more tax advantages than a direct personal donation. For WIA National News in Sydney, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ. The annual OF9X Special Event Station, an amateur radio world tour that has featured Santa for more than three decades, has begun making its rounds from the Arctic Circle. Station operations will continue through to the 31st of December, this time featuring Santa and his dozen elves, who not only assist Santa but double as multipliers for contacts. All 12 will operate as Old Father 9 Christmas OF9X and will identify themselves further as elves with the additional three-letter designation, such as Art for Arto or NIK for Nico. So if you've contacted an elf, you'll hear OF9X stroke ART or something similar. There are a number of prizes available for different point scores, but no doubt the biggest prize of all for children of the participating amateurs will be the opportunity they have to win a QSO during Christmas week with the person the website is calling. The true and live Santa. Be listening on the bands and believe. Also getting into the Christmas spirit is PC16XMAS. Dutch radio amateur Sashka PD9Z is operating PC16XMAS to the 31st of December. The station is intended to maintain the spirit of friendship between amateur radio operators in the Christmas period and to provide a nice QSL card. Operation will be on 160 to 10 metres, SSB and CW. Again, that one is PC16XMAS. DXCC credit the proof for T31T expedition. The ARRL DXCC desk has approved the October 2016 T31T expedition to Central Kiribati, Canton Island, for DXCC credit. Members of the Ham Radio Union of the Dominican Republic, UDRA, are happy to announce their next day expedition will be to Beta Island between January the 25th and February the 1st, 2017. They will be active as HI1UD on 160-6 metres using CW and SSB. QSL manager is Chuck, W2CCW. It has been 28 long years since HI1UD has been activated. VK4 Shires Net. Every Friday, starting at 0630 hours UTC on 14.240 MHz until 0730 hours UTC, then from 0730 UTC continuing on 7.185 MHz to 0830 hours UTC. Then after dinner break, the net reconvenes from 1000 hours UTC on 3.600 MHz. Tark News says this is your chance to get contacts towards the Worked All-Australian Shires Award. Still in VK4, some regional net advice. Every morning, the Nali Net. All the Morse and voice you can have for breakfast. 3600 kHz, 6am or earlier for the Morse. Voice happens after the Morse. Every morning, Aircraft Enhancement Net. Get those silver birds to propagate your signal. 144.125 MHz USB from 7.30am from far north to central VK4. Every afternoon, the Afternoon Net. Wake up from your power nap and get radioactive on 7120 kHz from 4pm. Every afternoon, the Candos Net. Check your gear and let everyone know you are still active. On 7093 kilohertz from 1630. The general talk about Net. On 7098 kilohertz from 1600. 
For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Inningham. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, with news about the DX running hot on 10 metres, 6 metres and 2 metres this month. Yes, operators across the continent have been having a ball working each other at distances ranging from 1,000 kilometres to 2,500 kilometres. Even VK6 to ZL on 6 and 10 metres, approaching 4,000 kilometres. To boot, interference between broadcast stations on the FM band at 88 to 108 megs has been widely reported in the press. A station in Brisbane was reported as interfering with a broadcaster in Ballarat in Victoria. A New Zealand FM station was heard loud and clear in Coffs Harbour. A Queensland station on the Fraser Coast was received in the Adelaide Hills and a Tasmanian station was picked up in Warwick in southern Queensland. To old hands, it's the summertime DX season, brought on by a phenomenon known as ionospheric sporadic E. For the sake of expressive efficiency, the term sporadic E is shortened to ES, not E's, with a Z, but a clear ES. To newcomers on the VHF bands, the question naturally occurs. How come the ionosphere provides propagation at VHF? I first experienced ES propagation on 6 and 2 metres when I first got my licence. Boy, that was exciting. And the excitement hasn't faded over the decades. I was fortunate enough during my early working career to work at the then Space Weather Agency, the Ionospheric Prediction Service, or IPS, now titled Space Weather Services. My job was in the low-latitude research section, working on projects to do with VHF propagation that crossed the equator, trans-equatorial VHF propagation. With all the resources of scientific and technical papers available at my workplace, not to mention scientists to chat with, I was able, and encouraged, to pursue my interests in sporadic EVHF propagation in my own time. While at IPS, I learned a lot about the ionosphere, ionospheric propagation, how to interpret ionograms from the ionospheric sounders that IPS has spread across Australia, Antarctica, the South Pacific and Indian Oceans. I've seen more ionograms than most of you have had hot breakfasts. All right, I'm boasting. In recent years, I rekindled my interest in sporadic e-research, helped enormously by the availability of ionograms online, freely available scientific and technical papers on the subject online, and email with scientists having an interest in it, including my old boss from IPS, Dr Leo McNamara. Sporadic e-ionisation consists of thin, dense, horizontal clouds of ions between about 1 kilometre and 5 kilometres thick, which form at heights between about 90 kilometres and 130 kilometres. The ions attract a swarm of free electrons that do the work of reflecting your RF signal. But the ions in those thin clouds are strangers in the E region, being metallic ions, chiefly iron and magnesium, the ionised dust from the ablation of meteors. The ions in the ordinary E region, which is some 40 kilometres thick, are gaseous ions, oxygen, nitrogen and nitric oxide. The gaseous ions are created for the most part by solar radiation and last only minutes before being neutralised by free electrons. The E-region ionisation disappears after sunset. 
It's sustained throughout the day by solar radiation. The metallic ions are long-lived, from hours to days, and are largely created by a combination of solar radiation and charge exchange with gaseous ions in the ionosphere. It is estimated that some 100 to 200 tonnes of tiny meteors, like grains of sand, fall on the Earth's atmosphere every day. So there's always a haze of meteor dust and metallic ions drifting around up there. Winds blowing in opposite directions in the ionosphere at heights around 100 kilometres and above create a wind shear between them, which sweep the metallic ions into those thin clouds. The wind shears form most often over the summer months, sometimes during winter months and least often around the March and September equinoxes. Hence, we have the blockbuster summertime DX season and a wimp of a winter DX season. Those wind shears are driven by long period atmospheric waves known as planetary waves. These have periods close to 2, 5, 10 and 16 days. Thus you'll get VHF DX for a few days and nothing for a few days. Then more DX excitement for a week followed by nothing for a few days or a week or so. That's where the description sporadic comes in. To experience or exploit sporadic EVHF you have to be on the air in the right place at the right time. Over recent years I've done some original research and written a number of articles on the subject. Check out Amateur Radio Magazine for April and May 2012. You might also Google a new model of VHF sporadic E propagation to find my article on the VK Logger site online. Don't forget the special event call sign VI2SID75 will be on the air through 31st December. Time slots for using it are still available. Check out the St George Club website, sgars.org. This has been Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Hello everyone, this is Clive, VK6Charlie Sierra Whiskey, with an announcement of particular interest to West Australians who listen to this bulletin via the 160, 80 or 40 metre HF broadcasts. Due to Phil VK6GX's unavailability throughout December and January, Chris VK6JI will be taking care of all three HF transmissions himself. The 160 metre broadcast will commence as usual at 0600 local time, but should the combined national and local WIA bulletins exceed one hour, any overrun will necessarily delay the starting times of the 80 and 40 metre transmissions. Those who normally receive the program via 80 metres at 7am or 40 metres at 8am are therefore asked to be patient, monitor 3620 or 7088 kHz and Chris will start his WIA news transmissions as soon as possible. So just repeating VK6 HF listeners may experience delays to the start times of the 80 and 40 metre transmissions due to Chris VK6JI covering for Phil VK6GX during his unavailability until the end of January. 7-3 from Clive VK6CSW. Hi, I'm Brian VK3GR with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. This time around, starting at Defence and TARC does the 2017 Defence Welcome and Information Expo. 
The Tark Inc. will be involved with the 2017 Defence Welcome and Information Expo run by the Townsville Office of Defence Community Organisation, North Queensland, and happening on Saturday, February 4th at RSL Stadium, Murray Complex, from 10am to 1pm. The Tarkadians will be drawing on expertise gained from participation in other expos at the complex to show defence members and their families currently residing or new to the region some of the aspects of the wonderful world of amateur radio. Now, Final Frontier and the amateur radio on the International Space Station packet Digipeter aboard the ISS has been active for several days now on 437.550 MHz. The UHF frequency means users will have to make adjustments for Doppler on both uplink and downlink. The change to 70 centimetres comes in the wake of a problem that has sidelined the Ericsson VHF transceiver. And staying with Final Frontier, tiny black magic satellite packs origami-like radar dish. NASA challenged engineers to pack an entire satellite dish into a cereal box with radar in a CubeSat a technology demonstration mission scheduled for launch in 2017 that will measure rain and snowfall on Earth from space. Until now, most satellite dishes have been parabolic, which means that bigger dishes led to better radio transmissions. But radio frequency engineers have been known to call the forces guiding communications over the air black magic because of their complicated physics, NASA said in a statement, and new CubeSat technology must fit that magic into a new tiny package. CubeSats are spacecraft designed to be light, cheap and extremely small. Most aren't bigger than a cereal box. It's like pulling a rabbit out of your hat. NASA Kahara, specialist in antenna design at NASA's Jet Propulsion Lab, said, As space engineers, we usually have lots of volume, so building antennas packed into a small volume isn't something we're trained to do. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting, Jackson Foggo, VK7FJAX receives the Scout Medallion. The Australian Scout Medallion is the highest award in the Scout section. It is considered the pinnacle of scouting at this stage. And among the many people who came along for the award ceremony was his fellow Weiss and Tasmania South colleagues, Peter VK7TPE and XYL Maureen, Gary VK7JGD, Justin VK7TW, and of course his very proud father and scout leader, Dale VK4FNED. Jackson was presented the medal from Chief Commissioner of Scouts in Tasmania, Michael Hovington. On by the way, Justin VK7TW tells us Jackson was only 15 years old. And to Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Rescue Radio and Rally Defend. This was the CRARC's last Weissen exercise for the year. It proved again to be one of the easier events, and it's ideal for new operators to see how Weissen operates. Many took part, and at the close, the two mats, VK1MH and VK1MA, with Malcolm VK1AAH, set out to recover and bring back to the CRARC clubhouse the infield repeater. After recovering the repeater for the event, they found that the gate that should have been there to let them out was locked, and the padlock for which they had a key had been bypassed, preventing them from unlocking the gate chain. Fortunately, the crew were able to find another gate with the same key to get out and arrived home somewhat later than expected, but all in a good day's work. And that's all I have. I'm Brian, VK3GR, signing off. This is VK1WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print, 
when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. As we leave another edition of WIA and the National News Service, a look at the social scene. Social scene 2017, March 26 in VK3, it's EMDRC Hamfest at the Great Ryrie Primary School, Heathmont. April 28 to May 1 in VK4, Clareview Gathering between Rockhampton and Mackay. May 19 in VK, it's the WIA AGM at Handorf, some 25 kilometres from Adelaide. And September 9 to 10, Alara Meet 2017 in VK4, Cairns. Submitting news items. Now, if you'd like to submit news items for inclusion in this, the VK1 WIA news broadcast, please email your item in text to nationalnews at wia.org.au. And don't just send URLs, links, etc., but take the time to pen your contribution. Remember, the sooner you submit material, the more the likelihood of it being broadcast in the very next edition of WIA National News. Each item will only be broadcast once. If you want a couple of mentions, please submit different slants to keep your event fresh. And always, if the newsroom is to read your item, write it in the third person. Now to submit audio, read how to submit items in the weekly news page on wia.org.au. And finally, any material in this broadcast may be reproduced in whole or in part in any form, but a credit to WIA News wouldn't go astray. Now till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. Have a great Christmas. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.